What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Tottenham Talk. For those of you just joining, Tottenham Talk is the first fan podcast for stateside Tottenham fans who live in live for the badge, looking for a lively, passionate, entertaining Spurs community. So, Matt, we are here. Deadline day has happened. The transfer market is officially closed in what seemed like a six-month-long transfer market or transfer window for Spurs fans. It's over. So, today, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, first off, we're going to just talk about our overall feelings on the transfer window. Some of the guys we were linked to early on that maybe we missed out on, <clears throat> Triore, Diaz, stuff like that. And then eventually our outgoings and ingoings or incomings and how we feel about it. So, Matt, first of all, I know you're pretty excited about a certain player, but I'm going to need you to hold that excitement, all right? Hold that <laughs> excitement. Wait, wait, back that up, man. I'm excited about everything. I'm excited okay, about All right, all right. But you do have a point. So, let's get started. Transfer window. Going into it. We thought this might be Tottenham's biggest January window of all time, right? We talked about Paratici giving 150 plus mil, you know, all these rumors this way and that way. Adama Traore was supposed to be almost set early on in the window. So we got a lot to talk about. I mean, first off, I kind of want to address the rumors of the guys that we're supposed to get that we missed out on, like the Traore's, the Luis Diaz's, right? So when you look at a guy like Traore, the moment Barcelona came knocking, we were never going to get him. And, and, and it's not because Spurs are that much lower of a club, but it's because it's a Spanish player who started his career at Barcelona, has the opportunity to go back and help them through a real building process, right? It, it, there's no shot. We, we just had no chance, no matter no matter what. So, you know, people were saying, oh, we lost out on Chore to a club that can't even, that doesn't even have any money, you know, things like that. So no ambition from Spurs. I want to, I kind of want to get your thoughts on that, you know, first and foremost. You know, it's interesting because Charoy would be such a big improvement to our squad, um, especially under Conte. Just imagine him at the, you know, right side, just right wing position, right wing back position. He could do so much. But obviously that is not reality. But that's okay. But, you know, looking back at it, I'm glad it ended up the way it did. Um, obviously he wasn't meant for us. And you never know what could have happened with him. We, we all think that he could have been amazing, but heck. It could have been like another Doherty situation <laughs> against sad. him. But, you know, we all expect so much, especially when you put all these stats up. You know, it's hard to transfer clubs like that, especially Premier League clubs within a Premier League, you know, within the Premier League. Club to club transfers are very, very difficult and still expressing your form. And so um, I think it was definitely challenging for him. And it all makes sense to why he went back to Barcelona and – you know, of course, of what Xavi's doing over there, I think is fantastic. And so um, props to him for having that opportunity and taking it. Um, True. Even being biased and, you know, being a Tottenham fan, you know, coming from, you know, a home like that, I 100% agree with him going back. But that this leaves a room now open for us to find someone new. And that's yeah. what is so big. And I, that's, you know, and I don't want to spend terrible, too much time on Charlie because, you know, he's not on our team. So... No, yeah, I, I kind of agree. It, it, I mean, and uh, this moves on, and I want to move on to, like, the DS situation and, like, how that was a quickly Liverpool hijack. And, you know, you, you look back at it, and you're like, okay, why is it that we can't spend an extra couple mil to get this guy? Or was it – was this guy – was Conte sold in this guy? It's something I feel gut, – a gut feeling of mine thinks that someone on the board, Conte included – He's not considered the board, but you know what I mean by that in terms yeah. of deciding transfers. Um, someone was not, 
I think on 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 lock. And so I, I mean I, something was off because I don't think the money was the issue. I think we could afford we could we could definitely afford him, no question about it. Um, but you know, Conte's so particular in his players <clears throat> and who he wants this this January window going into the summer window. Um, you know, it's very interesting to see how or what factors played into that breakdown. And, you know, props to Liverpool for getting, you know, a quality player. I'm curious to know how the guy's going to do in the Prem. But what are your thoughts on on how that Diaz transfer happened? Yeah, you know, it's tough because at the moment, right, it, it seemed like everything was kind of in a panic for Spurs. Um, you know, however many 20-something days we had without a transfer. And it seemed like, oh, maybe this will happen. Maybe it won't, right? And it's very easy to get caught up in the, the negativity of it all, right? Oh, here we go. Here's another couple of days without a transfer. Like, what are Spurs doing? Where's the ambition, right? How are Liverpool able to swoop in and capitalize so quickly when, you know, we did offer a large sum? You know, what's another couple of mil, right? And I think it comes down to, number one, what the player wanted, right? Because if the player wanted a club like Liverpool and not Tottenham, there's nothing we could do about that. You know, we don't want to, we don't want that type of player anyway, right? We talked about that with Kunde this summer, you know? And if they don't want to be a part of this project, an incredibly exciting project, then honestly, like, that's get him out of here. Get, I don't. I don't care about it. You know, yeah. um, there's a couple worries I had about Diaz. Was, you know, I personally hadn't watched him play much, and while it was promising, you know, he tied uh, the Golden Boot with Messi and the Copa this summer and things like that. Right? That you know, that that's not easy to do. Right? So he has. He he's obviously a quality player, but it's such a risk buying players from the Portuguese league. You know, you could get a Bruno Fernandez or you could get a Los Celso right? So you really don't know what you're going to get out. And both, you know, a Bruno Fernandes and Gio, they kind of looked like both very promising players when they were bought. You know what I mean? So to me, I'm not super upset that we lost out on him, but also it's like, I'm glad that we didn't panic and say, we have to sign him and spend, you know, 10, 5, 10 mil more than we would have needed to, you know? So now we can save that 60 mil that we offered and maybe buy someone that is more meaningful this summer after Conte has, you know, a full not a full season, but almost a full season to actually look at our squad, look at these new players that we have, how they kind of interact with our current members and, you know, a further evaluation on, hey, maybe we're now in Champions League at the end of the season and we can attract better players for less money, right? So the fact that we were able to save that money on him and still end up with quality signings, in hindsight, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I, I'm glad, I'm not glad that we didn't get him, but I feel comfortable with our top four chances with the players that we did get, as well as the ones that... Um, the the I don't want to say Deadwood, but the guys we let go. So yeah, that's my thoughts on Diaz. But it, it it almost leaves that room for excitement for the summer. So should we talk about our who we lost, our outgoings? Yeah, uh, I kind of wanted to start this if you don't mind. Of course. Uh, the first guy I wanted to talk about um, is uh, Brian Heald. Yeah. You know that was a, it was a, it was a simple loan move just to Valencia for the rest. Is it the rest of the season or for a year? I think the rest of the season. Versus season, um, I think it'll be good for him. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Uh, this, see, I, I had so I'm gonna go over who all we lost, and then go back. So we lost Delhi, Geo, Hill, Tangy, uh, Mark Inde, Jack Clark, and Niall John. So Hill was the only one that I was like, kind of like, oh, I don't know about that because I don't think he got a fair enough chance. You know, we talked about this week in week out that if Sun's injured or one of our wingers isn't playing up to task or there's an opportunity for him to play or someone in his position to play, 
start him up there with Kane and son and Lucas, right? Because I want to see what he could do. And I don't think he got that chance under Nuno. And I really don't think he got that chance under Conte a whole lot. You know, he'd go in for last 10 minutes of a game. Maybe they're expected to do something great or we were already winning and, you know, there wasn't much to be done. But, you know, on the other hand, it's hard to, it's hard to dislike a move because he's so young and he's going to be getting, going to be getting a lot of playing experience, which you can't be mad about. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. I, I honestly was on fully the side of him going on a loan move because uh, the way I look at it is, you know what, he's going to play more. He's also going to sit the bench. Yes, I get your point if he did his – if he got to play. You know, I completely agree with putting him up top with Kane or if Son gets injured or putting him up top with Kane, Son, and, you know, Lucas is up there too, Bergwijn, all those guys. And so, you know, it's obviously challenging for him and at his age and obviously the quality of – the, you know, the level he's playing at, but he did so well in uh, La Liga um, back at Sevilla, right? Yep. And uh, him going on the Valencia move, I think will be pretty, pretty good for him. So just to maybe get his form back, maybe some sharpness back, but also that confidence. I really think he needs yeah. a little boost in morale. Um, you know, being, a, being so young and just kind of jumping into a Premier League move like that, you know, and knowing, hey, I have this price tag, this other guy that played here for this many years came the other way. You know, I feel like there's a little pressure on your back, but I, I am giving a little, I have a little soft spot for him because, you know, we can relate in terms of age and, you know, taking in that pressure can be a lot. And so I really think he can produce. Um, yeah. And we've seen him doing, do really well um, in certain scenarios. Uh, but I really think he just, there's just that one, I, that one little hump he got to get, he has to get over, whether that's a goal, an assist, something to get him, you know, back up to a positive morale and feeling confident when he gets on the field. I want him to feel confident under Conte because I think Conte could turn him into potentially like a left side, a left, like a region almost, you know, um, that way, the left side of wingbacks. Um, he is a very attacking player, but, you know, he could also play central cam. I think there's so many different ways or, you know, paths yeah, for sure. you could take that I'm curious on what we can do, but. I, I think I, you made some good points that I really hadn't thought about. I, initially I was like, you know what, if you, we're going to send him on loan, like send him to Norwich, send him to Newcastle, so get him to a premier league club so we can get experience there. But to your point, you know, he came in with a lot of pressure, uh, not a huge price tag, but like you said, a club veteran going the other way and, that's a lot of pressure. At the same time, he had one manager that only lasted a couple of weeks. Then he had a brand new manager, and then he had to deal with that, and now he's back out alone again, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been so many moving parts in his career at Spurs, excuse me, so far that I kind of agree. Get him some confidence back. Get him to back what he knows. Get him back to what he likes. And, and when he comes back this summer, it's a fresh slate, right? Because he'll have a full preseason with Conte. Yeah, this is this is all under the assumption that Conte doesn't leave because I don't think he will this summer at least. He'll have a full preseason under Conte and then be able to start the season off right with Spurs. And, you know, if it's right, it's right. If it's not, it's not. So we'll be able to go from there. But I, I kind of agree. I think this will be beneficial for him. Um, but honestly, I'm excited to watch some Valencia games because Gio also is there and also uh, Juan Foyth so, and Capu. So, like, it's kind of Spurs FC over there. Um, Where? But well, we... no. Well, Gio didn't go to Valencia. Where'd he go? Villarreal. Oh, Villarreal. That's right. 
Well, that's where he went to Villarreal. That's where Emery is. Villarreal in yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. Not bad, not bad. You're fine. No, you're fine. I was Either like, way, I'm, oh, I'm excited to watch Valencia. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't watch a lot of Hill when he was at Sevilla. So mm-hmm. it's on I'm ESPN. Curious. ESPN Plus has the Lily matches. Right. Totally. They're, so they're so entertaining. So. I'll definitely be watching them. So, all right. Who are we talking about next? Let's sell so. All right. Let's do it. Let's do talk about Geo. Let's see. Uh, our our buddy AP on Twitter, Aaron Pitters, talked about Gio being one that he was kind of iffy about leaving. And I kind of agree because – no, actually, I don't. I think if Gio wasn't there mentally and culture-wise, then he had to go. And and that had to be the same for any player, you know. We saw that with Tangi. We saw that with Delhi. Players that have huge potential and we know are very talented, creative players. But if they're not there for Conte's system – then they can't – it's not worth it. They, they got to go, and we have to make that hard choice. And, you know, I think that Conte was a big part of that. And part of why it took so long for them to leave is I think he, he might have had to do some convincing to Daniel Levy to, to let that happen because I don't know if you've seen that interview with um, Conte and Thierry Henry, Matt, where he asks, he asks Conte about certain players and, and if they don't, you know, work hard or do stuff like that. And Conte goes, something along the lines of if, if they don't work hard or, or – you know, follow what I'm doing, then I'd rather them be dead, you know, sort of thing. And it's just like, he, he has such a high expectation for his players and there's no room in the locker room for negative attitudes, for people not buying in. And there was so much news and speculation on the way that Lo didn't buy in. You know, he wasn't even involved in the last game that we had. So it, it's a tough one because he is a creative player and all of our, it seems like all of our creative player options left, you know, and we, we got two, two good options. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I, I think I think it'll be good if if Conte didn't want it, then then get him out of here. As much as I I liked Gio and it sucks that he kept getting injured, and he never really fulfilled his potential at Spurs. But what are your thoughts? I just think there's this like overarching issue that you know surrounds these guys. Con, you know, Tangi has had tough times with the club in general. Conte has really not liked him much. You know, take that morale out of the squad. Get him out. Go. When's the last time we sent this many guys on loan? When's the last time we had this much of an active window? Conte, I thought, was pushing so many limits, you know, during this. But, like, I think good limits. Pushing, hey, we have to get something done here. And what you guys are doing now isn't, do, isn't right. So let me change it then. And I think that's, you know, I, I saw some tweets in the past about how Gio and uh, his relationship with Conte was horrible. And yeah. how they did not get along. And you can't have that if you want a winning, you know, if you want a winning side, you know, same really? with Delhi. Delhi is a, the Delhi is a tough one because we haven't talked about Delhi yet, but let's save him for last. Let's save, let's him, save him for, him last. for last. But I want to go after I'm going to end with the Celso and go into a uh, uh, Tangi about this. Yes. One. Yeah. Because Tangi uh, was somebody who's been through so many managers at, at Tottenham had one, I think we thought was the uprise of Tottenham Hotspur and then turned into a shit show. And he basically went went through Hurricane Katrina for four years there. Yeah. For a player, I'd say. For what you expect, right? You know, getting paid $200,000 a week or a little shy of that, you know, having that big of a salary coming in. And then, you know, you, you, you have an expectation for the quality in the club you're playing for, of course. Right. So he's a very challenging player because I really like him. Um, I really liked him back when he was first at Lyon. And he came here, but, you know, it's so ironic that he's there back and <laughs> the buy clause is the same amount we bought him for. I don't know if you know. I think it's kind of yeah. funny. And so, 
Well, that's uh, that's like peak Daniel Levy right there. Is right, I'm not right. I'm not losing any money on this, right? The, the biggest Spurs signing of all time. Yeah, the bye bye clause. You better you better bet it's gonna be like that. So, but like I want to know like before we get into your thoughts, like I want to really dig deep in um, Tangy's transfer in relation to Delhi's sale and how those maybe correlate. I feel like those have some sort of connection with each other. I feel like the, the Los Celso and Hill was just more, hey, guys, we got to get you out. I don't know. I think Tangy and Delhi, this something. Yeah, okay. I know what you mean. Has some so. connection. And I, I that's why I'm saving Tangy here than Delhi's last. Yeah, and so me, I want your thoughts. Yeah, let me talk. I'll talk about Tangy, and then we can kind of move into Delhi. But <clears throat> uh, Tangy, Tangy and Dombele, what a player, right? We saw the the moments, the flashes of brilliance that he had, right? That we saw what he he was capable of but we never saw it realized on a consistent basis. And Conte started saying when he when he got here is consistency is everything, right? We got to start being consistent. We got to start being consistent. And that was such a Spurs trait. Uh, it, it correlated the term Spursy a lot was that how inconsistent we were, you know? One yeah. week we can beat Man City with Nuno's Tottenham on the first day of the season. And the next thing you know, we're losing to Chelsea four times in one year. And it's so hard to believe that Tangy didn't pan out, but at the same time, like you said, if, if this attitude and, and as many chances as he got with as many different managers as he had, it wasn't going to work out. And if it wasn't going to work, it wasn't going to work. You can't force something, right? Especially in this sport. So get him out of there. Let him go be happy where he wants to be. He wants to be in France. Like I, I, I can't, you know, it's, an, it's almost similar to the uh, Traore situation, right? Where he's going back to France. You know, I think he'll be happiest there and he'll succeed there. I know the, the cultural change coming to England was was a big part of it. So I think he'll succeed there. I really do. I think he'll – I don't think he'll pop off necessarily like this this season, but I do think you'll start to see Tangy make an impact for Lyon, right? That's where he went. Yeah, yep. he went back to Lyon. So, like – Where he came from. So, I, you know I, I, I think, think he'll, he'll do just fine there. I think he'll get totally. – I, I hope – just he gets his, his 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 him back. I just hope he can get back to. It's, it's a Renato Sanchez situation almost. Yeah. When um, in other situations, you know what I mean. Like I know Renato had that that one. Uh, he, well, he was Renato started at Bayern. Well, he was at, he didn't start. He was in you know he's Portuguese, but he uh, uh, came from what I remember was Bayern, and then went Bayern to on loan. He went to like Swansea. Yeah. So like he had a he it had was another a situation. Terrible, yeah, and then now he's at Lille. Now he's doing well. Yeah, so it's it's you just got to find the right fit for a lot of players, which we'll talk a little bit more about that in terms of our incomings. So, but let's talk about Delhi. Um, I think we need to preface this with with almost a, an, an appreciation statement of the mm -hmm. player because I don't know about you, Matt. It, I was reflecting on it today, and you know I'm sure people saw our tweet about it, but. I think we got to give him thanks. I mean, some of the best Spurs moments that we've ever seen as fans and might ever see in certain moments or in certain in a way, it came from Delhi, you know? And I'll never forget when my family and I, we were sitting in Colorado watching the MLS All-Star game versus Tottenham. We see this new kid on the bench, Delhi Ali. Who's this guy? I remember me and my dad were talking about it. And and we saw him and we saw him play a little bit and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't anything. I didn't think any of it. And next thing you know, I mean, what a player, you know, he goes from league one to the premier league without any issues, you know, and the potential that this man has, I mean, people were talking about him being future Ballon d'Or winners, like literally. And to, for him to have such a fall from grace 
was so, so hard to see as a fan because you have this expectation for your team and for your players, but at the same time, you care so much for them, you know? And I mean, heck, we named our dog after him, right? Like, what do we do now? Change Deli's name? <laughs> so it, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to say that because I think he deserves that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not to say that Lo Celso and Tangy don't, but they don't in a way because what Deli gave us in his prime years and who knows what this reasoning is for. I mean, we've talked about it, I think at least three or four different episodes. And that's not even counting all the times off mic we've talked about it. Um, the Delhi situation, the Delhi dilemma, it's, it's such a, a hard concept. But I, I, we, I had to give this message of thanks because he deserves it in, in all reality. So I don't know if you have your any thoughts as well. But No, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly, uh, I can't back that or top that at all because you said that, I think, beautifully. Um, you're 100% right in terms of the appreciation post, appreciation um, factor in my, sorry, my computer is now, there we go. Um, and so, you know, it's like very hard to, to see because, you know, looking back, there's so many incredible things he did, you know, games against Chelsea, you know, the little kick over his head against Crystal Palace, uh, the headers. Like headers, you know, he brought a different life to the game. He brought a different life to – he I, He was definitely, I think, a good chunk of the upbringing of Tottenham. And I think he has to give himself some credit for sure for that because he did leave a expectation. He left a um, – I think he left a pretty solid um, – Legacy. Legacy foundation of not only – the type of quality of player he was, but what a young guy can do to a club like that. Yeah. You know, totally. And it, for the longest time, it was just, he was, he was the young one. He was the young one and he just brought life to the players. And he was, you know, it's, it's just like, it's just so motivating as a fan and seeing as a, as a fan after games, you know, when they're smiling, you know, they're happy that they, you know, had a good performance. They won, you know, it, that confidence not only comes into us as fans, but these players got confidence. The team has a confidence, you know, and then so do, you know, the managers and the staff and so on and so forth, you know, everyone does. And it's just, you know, it's incredible what, you know, his, his personality brought. And so I thought what you said was perfect. And I think that's all we got to say about him, but I wanted to, before before we, before we talk about, I want to talk about his relation to Tangy because I mentioned that previously in this episode, and I wanted to reiterate about how Tangy's form and Delhi's form, I thought, was very consistent with one yeah. another. Yeah. And it was very interesting to me that I, you know, I caught this little theme between them two. And, you know, I can remember a lot of flashes, you know, like little back heel that Delhi was falling at West Ham under Jose. Boom. Or at Sheffield, Tangy, you know, plopping that one. Goal chips the keeper, you know, under Jose. Oh, yeah. Literally, there's under Jose moments, right? And so it's just kind of interesting. And I wanted to kind of take your thoughts on how maybe their form was in relation with one another, and how now, since they're both gone, including the other guys, maybe it's well, but maybe more these two, um, how much more of a different atmosphere the squad's going to be because these two didn't just go, you know. It, Conte, Conte obviously was a huge part, and he obviously didn't want them. So you have yeah, the four I, play, and I want to hear this. 
So I think that's an interesting point you made. I mean, I think both of these players, we've talked about it before and other players, um, I think they're both very, um, what's the word, self-motivated, I, if you will. Uh, yeah. there's, there's not outside motivating factors that I don't think are going are gonna to motivate these guys. They're motivated, and I'll speak more to Delhi than Tangi because, like I said, I don't think Tangi panned out um, as he should have. And Delhi did in a lot of ways. You know, like you said, though, he felt fell from grace a little bit. And I think they're very self-motivated in the terms that they got to be loving the game. Delhi in particular, he has to be loving his game and loving his football in order to be playing well. You know, the smile on his face, the shithousery that he does at Arsenal games, at Chelsea games, and all these big-time games when he knows that he can do it, that he knows that he can, he can beat these players. I mean, in the friendly we played against Real Madrid when we first had him, and he nutmeg Luka Modric. I mean, it's like, it's things like that. That's just the love of the game that helped him, that kept him going. And I think he lost a little bit of, bit of that while he was at Tottenham, you know? And it wasn't necessarily anyone's fault, you know? It could have been the Champions League final loss. It could have been the manager changes. It could have been the neglection he had under Jose. It could have been a million things, right? And I always said, I wanted him, if, if he was going to leave, I think he should go to a club like Everton. A club with historical prominence and that is not a top six club by any means, but it's a it's a bigger club and it's still an English club and he can be a part of that rebuilding for them, right? He can be a part of helping them reach whatever they're trying to attempt, uh, you know, achieve. And without without Delhi on our team, I think we'll miss a little bit of that that fun loving attitude that he had, which when he was not playing well, looked like he didn't care. But when he was playing well, looked like, wow, what a guy. You know what I mean? And it sucked that it was seen as two different ways because he was always just being himself. You know, one times he was just playing well and one times he wasn't. So for me, these these two guys, they, they got to be loving their football because they are so creative. And you're going to see dinks and, and chips and tricks here and there, which a lot of times pisses us off. But when it works out, it's beautiful. And that's just their love of the game. So that's my little rant is that I think Tangi and Delhi both need to enjoy their football more than be motivated by external sources. So Conte knew that too. You know, he's not dumb. If there's anyone that's going to motivate players, it's going to be Conte. Like Eric Dyer is a great example. Eric Dyer does not need, I mean, he, he obviously, everyone needs to enjoy their football, but not to that extent, right? Like he, he talked about how the way that the manager pushes them and, you know, he's just a, he's just a bulldog. He's going to, he's going to push through, right? And that's not what these players were. So getting them their new chances, their new opportunities. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to watch a lot of Everton games. I, I could just mm -hmm. say that. So I would agree. Yeah. But I think I that's think all we need to say about that. All right. Before we, we save the floor. Episode, let's get into the for, fun stuff. We save the floor for Mr. Kuster on this one because he's got a special player he wants to talk about. We know our incomings, two Juve prospects, the Paratici Juve links. Could they be? The wayside at Juve, but could they be the saving grace at Tottenham? That's a question, Matt. Why don't you tell us a little bit about them? Dude, Kuz I can't pronounce the other guy's name, but I know it's Kulishevsky for one. Dejan Kulishevsky is the guy that I freaking love. And then uh, Bintaker. Yeah. Um, He's another youngin from Uruguay, I believe. Uh, yep. 24, 6'2", DM, box-to-box, -box, beast in the midfield. I am so flipping excited for that kid. And he was bought, which was fantastic. You know, that was a sale. And then on top of it, I, I, I'm going to put all the hype right now on Kulishevsky because I personally just have 
a, I'm a huge fan of this guy. I don't know why, but ever since um, I saw a little bit of him at, you know, UVA uh, last year, watching a little bit of UVA last year. And then I was like, okay, this kid's kind of good. Played at Sweden in the Euros, killed it at the Euros. And then uh, because, oh my God, Sweden was low key, low key stacked. And then after they got into, um, or out of the Euros, you know, obviously I was I was just excited to see what he would do in the following year at Juve. And he hasn't really got much playing time under Allegri that I was hoped for. Um, but, I mean, he still has been able to produce a couple assists, a couple numbers, and you know, here and there. And the age he is, dude, 21 years old. He's really younger than we are. And uh, it, it's just fascinating to see what, what he can bring. And I'm so excited because he's going to be – he, he's got so much support behind him with the board, with, you know, whom he's being coached by. And, you know, I really think he can produce very positive performances, not quality-wise, but, you know, with the positive morale too. You know, he's also that youngster. Um, I think he'll provide more quality than Hill did uh, personally. Um, yeah, he's got he a little would, more experience too. A little more experience with that high, high level. Uh, I would say the Serie A is very similar to Premier League. If you were to try to compare, um, I would say the closest would be Serie A, as you can see a lot of, I think a lot of most transfers, at least that I see go in between, you know, Serie A and the, and the Premier League. But, you know, it's definitely interesting to see, you know, what he's going to do. But he's that winger that Conte's wanting. Or yeah, wanting. I mean, He's the, that happy player that he's want, yeah. wanted. And I think he is going to be somebody. Oh, my God. I'm so excited, dude. I am so excited. <laughs> I, I just don't have words, man. I don't have words. Like, I can't back up his performance because of my, my career mode statistics on FIFA 22. So I won't say those. But, like, Good. this man, this man has potential. I think he's got some potential. He has got some potential. Hundred percent, and he's—I I believe he's—I I think he's left-footed. I think he's left -footed. he is. Um, and he's gonna do something. He's gonna really do something. And I—I I, I really hope he lives up to my hype because I'm gonna look like a dumbass. Hey, we've all been there. Um, but I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I—I I also I think he can play in a lot of different places. I think he yeah. can play the cam, and I think he can play on either side. I also think he could play as up that top. second striker with Kane. So, yep. oh man. Matt, I, I think this is really exciting. And then, like, but even I, on top of him, like, even Bentecure. That's what I was going to say. I'm okay. incredibly excited. I'm more excited about Bentecure because he's a DM slash box-to-box midfielder, like you said, but he has creativity. Like, mm -hmm. he's not he's not a creative player, per se, like La Celso or Tangi, but he has creativity. I mean, the way he wins the ball back and finds passes and finds feet, man. He finds he's gonna feet be, that he's gonna people be a lot on our team like don't do. He's gonna be a lot like a yes, coach. but if I that's relation to someone, I, I I I expect him to be better. I'm so excited. I, dude, I mean, he's gonna 24 years old. Yeah, he's bought, which is fantastic for under 20 or about 25 million. I mean, it, and now we look. If you look at it, we have five midfielder options. I mean, if you count Kula at going to play in like a cam role, um, maybe not, but we have four at least with Bentaker, Winks, Skip, Hoybia, and. Those are not bad options to help us get to top four right now. I mean, I they might not be elite. Well, this is the thing: is I, I'm curious to know what's going to do now with like with Hoiberg, um, and Bentecure and uh, um, Skip, Skip, because yeah. they're all 
uh, they're all DMs or not all D, essentially DMs. But they're either, similar players. Two of them, you know, skipping. I I would actually would say Hoiberg and um, Bentecure are more similar in terms of play styles. Because I feel like I feel like when we bought Hoiberg, he was so up and down the the field. You know, totally. it wasn't so much of a DM as we thought, or as I, I as I thought. But I'm curious to know what uh, Bentecure can can do. I mean, I I'm excited to see both of them. They're, I mean, that's also a link between you know two coming from a previous club. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Matt, I think you should name your cat Dejan. Dejan, I low-key think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, a great idea. You know what? I think let's let's wrap let's wrap this episode up a little bit. Um, talk about how you think the winter went overall, and then what do you think? Like, what is this going to look like for the summer? Like, what are your what's your biggest now? Like, looking at the summer window, what is our biggest priority? What should it be? And not that you don't have to give options, but like position wise. Left-sided center back. Yeah. So, and I saw a tweet that that's what Conte sacrificed this window to get a forward. He goes, I can sacrifice this window. So he's relied on our defense, it looks like, because I saw Jafet was looking at a loan or a potential move this, this January. And um, – or even in the summer, I'm curious to know, but that's different. So I'm curious – it's going to be a left-sided center back. And he – I saw sacrificed not getting one this January window to get an attacker. And so I'm curious to know what his thoughts were behind that. And I'm, we're going to see that on the field, on the pitch. But I think it's also big because, sorry, the, there is, don't get me wrong. There's definitely, you know, a huge importance on who you get as tacking, but I think there's that much more of an importance on who you buy as a defender. Right. And I think the quality and not quality, I think the, the decision on buying a defender, I think, is hard to make on a quality one with the level that we want to play at. Totally. Um, I think the time he wants to take in the summer to find someone, especially with this this. Well, next I, I, like you said, I also I don't think I don't think we want to like panic buy that type of player. You know, Correct. I think that's a that's Correct. something you need to be patient with. Correct. Yeah. And I also think curious to know. Yeah. I also think what he's done with Ben Davies and Eric Dyer has been huge. So like, exactly. It's not, there's no rush. I, I don't honestly even say that a right wing back is more of a priority than. We than haven't that. been defensively. We haven't had many issues. Yeah. I don't think. No. So I think I it's, it's, it's finishing. It's scoring. We haven't really, I, with I, context expectation back when he was at Inter, I mean, his he had, I want to say he had like, 35% of the games that he won were three goals or more. Yeah. Conceding next to none to one. Right. You know, he's winning 5-0, 4-0, 3-0, 3-0, 3-0. There's a week where he consistently won, like, 3-0, 3-0, 3-0, 4-0. And I was like – and so it is just mind-blowing how, I think, strong he is defensively, tactically, you know, and – I'm curious to know how uh, attacking-wise he's going to be able to – I think we'll even see more from from us, like a whole other side of Tottenham that we haven't seen in a while. What we have seen right recently, we're kind of getting back into this positive morale of what Tottenham used to be. I think there's a whole other wave coming of good. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and to close it out, I think this window was a success and may not be what we hoped it would be going to be, but I think it was uh, a, a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways. So – Looking at who we lost, and people, a lot of people are saying, and I want to address this issue or concern is 
we lost so many more creative players and we lost so many more players than we got in. And that's okay because if those players were, you know, just an option on the bench and sitting there, but they were bad for the locker room, bad for the training field, bad for morale on the team, then they needed to leave. And the fact that we were able to make that choice and not make other panic buys, I think, I think we're, I think we're sitting ready for a successful summer window. We'll see what Daniel Levy thinks about that, but all righty, Matt, another good episode. Absolutely. All righty. Well, Absolutely. thank you guys for listening. Um, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter at underscore Todd underscore talk. And as always, come on you Spurs.